And to Jesus be all the glory and the honor and the praise for what he's about to do in your life and my life today. And to him be all the praise forever. And God's wonderful people said amen and amen. Thank you for being with me. I want to say also, thank you with all my heart to say thank you for being my family, being my wonderful partner. I pray the Lord will continue to bless you anoint you, and prosper you. And God's people said, Amen. I think I heard that. Okay. So today we're going to talk about recognizing demonic activity and being free from it. Not only casting it out, but being free from that demonic activity. So let's go to 1 John chapter 4. And John begins by saying, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Many false prophets, because many false prophets, he says, are gone into the world. So we can discern the spirits only by the blessed Holy Spirit. And remember, there are three spirits that are uh, active in the world. And sometimes we really need to know what the Bible says about this. In 1 Corinthians 12, for example, and verse 10, Paul says, uh, this is 2 Corinthians 12, 10, so sorry, thank you. To another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits. So we need that gift because in the world, We have the Holy Spirit, we have the evil spirit, and we have the spirit of man. And sometimes we really need to know from the Holy Spirit himself, what spirit are we dealing with? So we need the gift of discernment. And so today I'm teaching on how to discern the evil spirit and to be free from it. Not only casting it out, but just be free from it. All right. We need eyes to see. In the book of Acts, I want to show you something really, really powerful. Uh, chapter 16 and verse 16. I'm going, to, you know, I'm going to give you clear things to look at in just a little bit. But, but let me just explain this. Acts 16, 16 through 19 says, It came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought her masters much gain by by soothsaying or by fortune-telling. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now, here is a a lady that had a demon, but she was saying the right things because what she was saying is, These are the servants of God that show us the way of salvation. In verse 18, it says, This did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said, because he was annoyed by her, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. Now, here, this woman This damsel was possessed with the spirit of divination who met Paul 
and his helpers with him and brought her masters much gain by fortune telling. She was a fortune teller. Now she starts saying truth about Paul and those with him. He says, these men are the servants of the most high God, which show unto us the way of salvation. So here she is saying the right thing, but Paul discerned it's the wrong spirit behind it. Even though the words were right, the spirit behind the words was the wrong spirit. Now, in, <laughs> in today's world, if somebody came to promote you or promote some preacher or promote this and that, people may not know there's, you know, what spirit is speaking that behind that, that promotion or that saying. So there's a lot of people out there who are saying things that are true, but they're saying it to trap us, believe us, uh, to deceive us, I should say. So it's important to discern who is saying it. Who is saying it? All right. Now, um, the ability to discern the human realm is very important. Uh, Sometimes we also have to discern the human realm. Who's speaking? Is it the demon? Is it the spirit of man? Now, Paul here discerned the demon and cast it out. Now, there are times when uh, somebody speaks, but it's not a demon, it's just their own heart. And that is found in Jeremiah chapter 28. And Jeremiah discerned that the prophecy given by this man named Hananiah was not the Holy Spirit, it was his own heart speaking and how we need to discern today, dear Lord, especially in the prophetic realm. When is it the man saying what they're saying or speaking to you? When is it God? And and listen, we're going to pray. I'm going to show you some signs to look for. So let's just look at this now quickly. It came to pass, Jeremiah 28, 1, the same year in in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year, the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet, which was of Gibeon, spake unto me in the house of the Lord in the presence of the priests and of the people, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years will I bring again the, the, this place, into this place, all the vessels of the, of the Lord's house. So he was prophesying by his human spirit, not the Holy Spirit, and Paul, uh, and Jeremiah picked up on it. So in verse 15, it says, Then said the prophet Jeremiah to Hananiah, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you. You make this people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will cast you off from off the face of the earth. This year you'll die. Because you taught rebellion. Wow. So he discerned it was the man talking, not the Lord through the man. He says, you're teaching rebellion. It's not God speaking through you. So sometimes also we need to discern what's behind sickness. Is it demonic or is it just natural, human? Uh, the Bible says there are times when it is demonic. Example, in Luke 13, 11, we, we see a spirit called the spirit of infirmity. Please write this down. In Luke 13, 11, the Lord discerned the spirit of infirmity. 
in Mark 9.25, all right, let's me, I mean, this is really interesting. Let me show it, show, show it to you. Let's go to Mark chapter 9, and let's go to verse 25. Okay. Now, here, this man come to the Lord, comes to the Lord, and he talks about his son. And this individual, it says, uh, brings his son, and he says that he has a demon that causes him, in verse 20, they brought unto him, and when he saw him straight with his spirit, tear him, and he fell on the ground and walled for me. So this individual here, this young man, was possessed with a spirit, with a demon of epilepsy. And, and the Lord says here, this is very interesting because in verse 25, here's what he calls the demon of epilepsy. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying, you dumb and deaf spirit. Wait a minute. That spirit was throwing that boy on the ground. He was foaming at the mouth, wanted to kill him. Jesus discerned it was called a deaf, a dumb and deaf spirit. He said, I charge you, come out of him and enter him no more. The Lord discerned the name of that demon. So here, this boy is rolling on the ground, foaming at the mouth. The demon wants to kill him. His father doesn't know what to do with it. He says, Lord, please help me. And the Lord calls the demon dumb and deaf. He discerned a demon spirit behind it, and he knew the name. Sometimes we need to ask the Lord, Lord, show us what are we dealing with here? What demon is behind this disease, this problem? Um, in, in Matthew 12, I hope you're writing all this down, precious saints. In Matthew 12, 22, they brought him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him in so much that the blind and dumb spake. Here we see someone who was blind and dumb because there was a demon behind it. Because it says he was possessed with a devil. He was blind and dumb or mute, but there was a demon behind it. I remember praying for a lady who was on a wheelchair and she was, she was healed in one of our crusades. She came back the Monday after to the studio in Kamoni. She was back on her wheelchair. I said, what happened to you? You were healed on, on Friday. Now you're back on, in the wheelchair on Monday. And the Lord said, it was, it, it's a demon. Rebuke the demon. And when I rebuked the demon, that woman jumped out of her wheelchair again and ran all over that place. <laughs> I will never forget being with Pastor Chris, who's from Nigeria, a friend of mine. We went to pray for a lady in Los Angeles who had been on a wheelchair for a long time. Medication, you name it. So I took Pastor Chris with me to pray with her, pray for her. And what the family wanted is just for him to lay hands on her, you know. And boy, he just said, you devil, come out of her in Jesus' name. And we all looked at him like, what? And that woman jumped up out of the wheelchair it was completely healed because he discerned there was a demon behind it. How we need that all the time, people of God. All right. Uh, in Mark 1.23, the Lord commanded an unclean spirit. You know, a lot of times when people have problems, 
with pornography. It's an, it's an unclean spirit, people of God. There was there in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit who cried out. And I believe a lot of that problems you hear about this and that in people's lives that is filth and bondage to sexual things, it's a demon. Often it is a devil. And here in Luke, thank you, Lord, for showing us as well. Where would we be without the Bible, saints? Where would we be without the Bible? Thank God for his word. Wow. So here in Luke 8, verse 29, it says, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him. He was bound, he was kept bound with chains and fetters. He broke the bands, was driven of the devil into the wilderness. Here's this man in, in Gadara that was in, in a cemetery, naked, running around, and they had to chain him. Yet the Bible said he had an unclean spirit. A lot of times people with an unclean spirit they, they, they go mad like this man here and the Lord set him free or in Luke 9.39 look at this one Luke 9.39 another one that I think is important to look at let me just go and read it for you and lo a spirit takes him and suddenly he cries out and it tears him he forms again and bruising him hardly departs from him remember that's the same story what I just read earlier, where the man came to the Lord, he said, I beseech you, Lord, look upon my son. He's my only child. Esprit takes him and he cries out. He also had uh, a, a, another demon here that we see. Wow. Because this spirit also tears him. It's a spirit of torment. Spirit of torment. Demonic, that same young man we just saw earlier in the in the in the gospel uh, that's mark 9 and in luke 9 same same story in first samuel 18 19 to 11 we we read about a spirit of murder that saul had remember he tried to kill david in first samuel 18 19 uh, 9 to 11 he threw a weapon at him trying to kill him because there was a demon in him of murder he wanted to kill David. So a lot of that stuff we hear, we hear about today, much of it, sadly, is demonic. And our battle is not with flesh and blood. Paul makes it very, very clear in Ephesians chapter 6. And our weapons are not earthly. Our weapons are heavenly. We need to fight with them. So, number one, we need to develop the gift that God gave each one of us the gift of discernment, through exercising it. And I'm going to show you how. We develop it first by receiving the Word of God. The Word of God is the beginning of being able to develop the gifts of the Spirit in us. So number one, God's Word. In Second Peter, in Second Peter, I remember so when, when I was young, I was just starting in the ministry. I was in northern Canada where there's a lot of witchcraft up there because of the people that live up there. And I'm sitting in my hotel reading the word and the gift of discernment came alive in me. And I knew exactly, after I got on the platform, I knew exactly what I was dealing with. I'll never forget the demonic bondage that was broken that night, but I received 
the, it, it developed in me. I, I received strength and discernment through the Bible. And the Word of God says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Through His Word, we receive the knowledge of the Lord, and now we receive everything that pertains to this life, how to live it, and to righteousness in this life. This is very important. We develop it also with prayer. Remember Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things that you don't know, that you are not aware of. So the word and prayer, it's our powerful keys for developing any gift in your life. Listen, it's the same message of 2,000 years old, okay? The word and prayer. Peter said we're going to give ourselves to the word and prayer. That's all we need to do. Now, prayer is the bridge that moves us through the word. It's the bridge that moves us from the natural to the spiritual. So the word is the power behind it. The word is the fuel and prayer is the ignition. Like when you have a car, you need to put fuel in it. Well, that's the word. But you have to ignite the fuel with the engine as you turn the key. That's prayer. That's what gives you power. That's what causes the gifts of the Spirit to live in you. Okay. So we have known people. And, and now that's how you recognize, by the way, demons. Number one, when people begin to withdraw emotionally uh, and begin to lose hunger for God, they move into a stage of regression. People that regress, that uh, only a demon uh, harassing them will cause them to regress. You may know somebody who has been going backwards in the faith. They've lost hunger for the word, hunger for the Lord, and begin to withdraw spiritually and emotionally. Number two, anyone unable to express feelings, anyone who conceals everything inside, they, they have lost their joy. That's demonic. It's called suppression. And then number three, if you know anyone who is depressed, and these are people unable to win or see breakthrough in their situation because their spirit becomes crushed and, uh, and really uh, broken. A broken spirit lacks strength lacks strength. So people that are in depression, that's often demonic. Number four, people that are oppressed. How do you discern oppression? Unable to cope or take care of the simplest situations in life. People who are loaded down, unable to even move. And demons will lead these people into guilt of past sins and they become oppressed, and now there's no victory in their life. So when you look at someone who's unable to cope, unable to take care of the simplest things in life, they're oppressed. And they are living in the past, unable to be free from the guilt of the past, that's oppression, and you can help them. Number five, uh, people who are preoccupied with one idea or an emotion, 
that they cannot be free from. That's called obsession. Obsession is the lack of reality. People who are preoccupied with one thing, one idea, one emotion, they can't leave that thing. They can't be free from that one thing. And, and they begin to believe a lie. And, and now they, they are not dealing in reality. That's obsession. And we need to help them. Uh, number six, people who are always uh, under the control of a foreign and invisible force. And that's possession. And possessions happen when people are unable to resist the devil or have faith in God. Now, we can help them. And, and I'm going to pray that God will give you right now discernment to see that and to help people who are oppressed. Or maybe you yourself have, have problems demonically that we're going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you. But here's something you can do for yourself to bring liberty to yourself. Number one, God has provided you with weapons. In 2 Corinthians 10.4, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, the mighty through God are pulling down of strongholds. What are those powerful weapons? Number one, God's blessed word. Get the Bible in your life. Get the word of God in your life. Psalm 17, verse 4. Let me read that to you. Let me read that to you. The first is the word, God's blessed word. David discovered it. When he said in Psalm 17 and verse 4, these words, he said, Concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, Lord, I have kept my life away from the path of the destroyer. Wow! By the word of your lips, Lord, I've kept my life free from the destroyer, from the devil, from bondage. The word of God, number one. Number two, prayer. You know I'm going to say that. And prayer is ignited by the word. Intercession and prayer by the word. Number three, praise, praise. The word of God fills you. Prayer is ignited. And now there's praise in your life because the Bible says there's power in praise. Do you remember the psalmist in Psalm chapter 8 where we read these amazing words? Uh, verse 2 it says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you've ordained strength because of the enemy, that you might steal the enemy. You might silence the enemy through praise, Lord. And that's what praise does. It silences the enemy, but more than that, it destroys his power. Psalm 149, I love this portion. Verse 6 through 9, it says, let, the, let them praise the let them praise the Lord. And then it says this in verse 6, that the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You cannot use the word sometimes without praise. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword, that's the word, in their hand, to execute vengeance upon the heathen, punishment upon the people, to bind their kings with chains, their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all the saints, praise the Lord. But we cannot praise without the word. It's the word that has the power. So when we praise and the word is there because the prayer has been ignited in us, wham, it's a weapon of power and 
great force. It will release us from bondage, release us from the enemy. Not only give us discernment, but release us from the enemy. And then finally, confessing what the blood has done for us. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, meaning what the blood has done in your life for you, for you. So first, the Bible. Get the word of God in you. Psalm 17, verse 4. Number two, prayer. Prayer. It it ignites the word of God in you mightily. And praise becomes a weapon where God uses his word to destroy the enemy. And finally, declare the power of the blood of Jesus and what the blood has done in your life. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray today, Lord, for their deliverance. But first, I pray, Lord, discernment, discernment. Give them discernment, Lord, so they'll know how to help other people. But, Lord, if they themselves are in bondage, let your word fill them. Give them hunger for your word, Lord, that your word will become the fuel in their life that will ignite prayer, that it will be used through praise against the enemy. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And Lord, we apply the blood. We declare what the blood has done for us. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Thank you, Lord, for your blood that saved us, your blood that redeemed us, your blood that brings us strength and health and healing and victory. We give you the praise for the blood of the cross that you shed on Calvary's cross. We give you all the praise. Now, you do that every day. You do that every day. You'll see liberty come to you like that. Hallelujah. Wow, I'm loving this. I pray you are loving it too. Okay, listen, join me tomorrow, but now it's time to give to the Lord. Giving protects you. I'm telling you, giving protects you from harm financially and more than that. You know, I've known people who were givers. God even kept their car running for longer than it should. I'm telling you, people of God, God took care of things to do with finance. When we give, God protects us. I'm I'm stirred up, people. Thank you. When we give, God protects us financially from things that could go wrong with us financially. He even restores things when we make mistakes financially. I have a friend. He owed debt to the government. He had debt to the government. And I told him one day, I said, start giving to God. He began giving. I said, when you give to God, he'll give you favor, even with the government. And that's exactly what happened. He hired a CPA, and they, and they literally forgave the debt. Can you believe? They canceled the debt he owed from years past. It was a miracle, a miracle. I don't know it was like, you know, a lot of money. God canceled his debt. Can you believe that? Because he began to give to the Lord. God gave him favor, favor. And God will give you favor. That's what we need most today in life. Favor. Think about the times God has blessed you with favor when you gave. I remember many times that's happened to me. Every time I've given in the past, someone would, for some reason, you know, bless me with something. Favor, favor. I gave a man one time I, that built a church in, in, in uh, Switzerland. And the Lord spoke to me to give him my watch and my cufflinks. And I used to wear ties back then, and that's, you know, a little, you know, thing on it. That man took what I gave him and turned it into money and, and was the seed that helped him begin his church, if you can believe it. 
And God blessed me. I'm telling you, time after time with favor, when I'd go to a store, there was a store in Florida that sold, you know, watches and this and that. The man looked at me. He said, God just spoke to me to give you a watch, a very expensive watch. I just gave that man my watch, and I got even a better one. Favor, favor. God does it all the time. Believe me. A man comes to my meeting one time when, when the Soviet Union was just opening up, and a man from the Ukraine was a preacher. The Lord said, give him your suit. So I gave him my suit. And next thing I know, I'm in, in, in a store in Los Angeles, and the man who wasn't even saved, he was from Iran, he said, I want to give you a gift. He gave me a suit more expensive than the one I gave. And he wasn't even a believer. Favor. Every time we give, God gives us favor. Lord, give them favor as they sow seed today. I'm telling you, I feel faith for this. Give them favor, Lord, as they sow seed in your work today. In the name of Jesus, set them free from debt and the bondage of debt and give them favor today as they sow seed in your wonderful work. We give you all the praise, all the glory, honor. People said, amen. All right, it's time to sow for favor. I'm telling you, you'll see it happen in your life. So you can sow on the platform. I feel the anointing for this today. I really, I didn't even think I would feel that. I feel the anointing to pray, God give you favor in Jesus' name. Lord, I declare favor on that life right now. In Jesus' name, wow. You can sow right now on the platform you're watching me on. I'm sensing the anointing. I'm telling you, I didn't expect this. So on the platform you watch me on or go to our website benihim.org, so simple, just go to our website, or simply text your seed for favor today, BHM45777. Do it now and watch what God will do with you. You know, it's it's not often I feel this, that God wants me to, to pray for favor in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you. And God's people, lift your hands and thank him for favor. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you today for favor. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Hallelujah. It's time to favor you. It's time to favor you. Okay. I'll see you tomorrow for another great day. Much love to you. And Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Benny Hen Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades. The Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Han Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all. Isn't it wonderful what the Lord has done? And to Jesus be all the glory. I wanted to show you this beautiful report about the digitizing of thousands and thousands of hours already of the great meetings from the past. Because we want to keep them for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. So we need your help still. So thank you, thank you. I just wanted to show you that your money is doing the job. What you gave in the past is really making it happen. But let's keep doing it for the Lord. Please, this is for His glory. Because now it can go to every nation on earth. 
in every language on earth because of your help. All right, you can give right now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. So thank you for loving, thank you for giving, and let's keep glorifying our wonderful Savior. Much love to you. Thanks again.